Welcome to The Dust Settles. This is a show dedicated to real conversations with people trying to, what did we write down? Uh, control their own, uh, take charge of their world. But that was, I wrote it better. Doesn't matter. We figured out a name. This is our first episode with a name. Uh, today we have Nigel Baxter on. Nigel's uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, he's, he's run a few businesses already and he's on to his newest venture and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about media production um, and, and starting podcasts. So hopefully you enjoy. All right, Nigel Baxter. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Matt and I are really excited to talk to you, and uh, I know this is this is still fairly new to everybody, but I think we'll we'll be able to get through. Uh, I, I really wanted to have you on um, because of the business that you're running now. Also, you're, you're entrepreneurial by nature. You've had, you've had uh, a couple uh, different run-ins with uh, franch owning a franchise. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, I know that you're also into uh, video and, and, I guess, uh, production work. And I think we could have a lot of fun talking about that as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess like I wanted to get started by just sort of letting everybody know what you do right now. Uh, so you're a franchisee or owner of Everline Coatings. Everline Coatings, yeah. Right. And so Everline Coatings, uh, tell us a little bit about that. So Everline Coatings started in 2012 out of Calgary. Uh, basically, the owner saw a need for a better line, like a 21st century line painting company, which sounds kind of crazy, but there is a need. We've found it. Um, since then, Calgary's continued to grow and we've expanded across Canada. Uh, so we're, you know, as far west as Vancouver and we've got two in Toronto currently. So as far east as Toronto. And uh, how do you run into this guy? Like, how, how do you meet uh, a guy that's trying to franchise or create a franchise around line painting? Um, so he actually found me and it just so happened I was looking. So um, I was working retail at the time and he's an old college pro guy, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, so he was ex-college pro and he was basically reaching out through his networks to just kind of feel around and see who would be interesting, interested, sorry. Um, and I sure enough, like I said, doing retail, I was like, I'll take a look at what this. What kind of retail? Absolutely. Uh, clothing. Okay. Yeah. So well, I shouldn't say clothing. No clothing. It's uh, ski, snowboard, uh, bikes. So in, in Calgary. No, no, no. Or, in Saskatoon. No. So it was actually out of bounds just down the street. So when you say this guy was ex-college pro as well, is there like with with that business, is there sort of like a ceiling for like how old you can be to be involved as a franchisee or, or how does that work? Uh, not technically, but most people will get out once they uh, once. Are there are there a couple a couple like rogues that are in their 40s or 50s and running these big college pro businesses not that old but our newest guy out of toronto actually just left college pro and i think he's 36 so that's probably the oldest i've ever heard but a lot of people will move up uh on the back end like so up through management okay. so kind of the some of the rock stars will take that route when they leave university they'll then coach the new the new franchisees through it and then from there you can you know continue to move up should you choose to so give us a bit of uh a bit more context around like how big these like just for just for my curiosity like how big do, does a college pro franchise get like what's the biggest one you've heard of and, and what uh, was yours i think the biggest i've heard of was and you got to think remember too these are four month seasons so that puts these numbers into perspective I think the biggest I've heard of is like six to seven hundred thousand in in four months, wow. which is that's rare though. Like most people, like typically your that's first just year, revenue, not profit. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that. Where rad. would that be? Like, where would that be done in like Ontario, likely uh, or Calgary? Actually, had one guy okay. that was doing those sort of numbers. Uh, bigger cities. Um, the biggest I know of in Saskatoon, I believe, was four fifty in in a summer. So. And I never hit those kind of numbers. I think I did one one fifteen my first year and two thirty five my second. So wow. quite a bit smaller, but it was enough for, Definitely. for me. Like yeah, from a business perspective, and I mean you've never ran a business in your life, so it's everything just hits you like a like a 
uh, like a brick wall and all of a sudden you're you know you're cold calling in january you're doing your first quotes in february when nobody wants to talk about painting you know we've got two feet of snow on the ground still it's I'll never forget those quotes. And then, uh, you know, you've got to hire people all of a sudden, you've got to manage crews, you've got to deal with paint credit and making sure you don't run out. It's a really good system that really just throws you into sure. the mix. So, yeah. and you were, you were juggling school with that. Correct, yeah, so like, f I think five classes my first year, like my first, sem like it's mostly second semester, so that semester, that first year I had five and then I, learned my lesson and did for the second year. Okay, so uh, what were you what were you in school for? Commerce. Okay, majoring in? Management. Okay, cool. So did, did you find like actually college pro was like the school of hard knocks, like you learned more doing that? And oh, Hunter, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, I, I learned so much more doing college pro than I ever did in school. I'm not a very studious guy to begin with, so that didn't help. But uh, yeah, just having the experience was, I, I learned, experiential learner right so you know you get thrown in the fire you got to find your way out whereas school like yeah so are there credits or anything like that involved with nothing participating? No. just uh, and what does it cost um so it's uh there's no franchise fee because it's designed for students so they know you don't have any money uh, on the flip side of that though is very high royalties so they take a large chunk of each project i can't remember the exact numbers now but um so I would say it probably took me, I mean, you can start pretty modestly. Like I had a production vehicle, which was like a 1994 Dodge Caravan, had like the wood grain on the inside and I just ripped the seats out and it, it worked it perfect. I put a like dinky ladder rack on top and just, I stack, we all just stack ladders, like too high to be safe, but you just gotta move crews. So, um, and then from there you just need a couple ladders, a couple crew kits, which is like just, you know, scrapers, paint brushes, rollers, like pretty simple, in, inexpensive stuff. Um, and is that all up to you or like, do you get anything outside no, of the name and their process? It's very like systemized. So like they've got uh, crew kit systems, they've got, you know, what they recommend a first year franchisee would buy. Um, and then there's like, uh, multiple training sessions. So, uh, they call them like TSA, TSB, TSC, which is training session ABC. Um, and so the first two are very like theoretical, uh, like sales, uh, marketing, that sort of stuff. Um, the second one's a little bit of production, more marketing, more sales, because you're really getting into the sales season. That'd be kind of, you know, middle of March-ish. And then right before you start painting, you actually paint a house. And for a lot of people, that's the first house they've ever painted, which is kind of scary because, you know, you're then, you know, one week you're learning how to paint a house and then the next week you're teaching your crew how to paint a house. So, uh, <laughs> I fortunately had a year of painting experience under my belt which helped a lot. So you were an expert. I don't know about an expert, but I was, I was better than some for sure. So I think that helped a lot in terms of like quality and producing jobs faster right away. Uh, but yeah, for a lot of people, it's one week you're training to, you're learning how to paint a house and the next week you're training how to paint a house. So what's the, what's the exit strategy on something like this? Like when you're done, what, what, what constitutes as done? Like you finish school, you graduate, are they like, get out of here, go get a real job, go do something no, else. No, they'll, they'll, they'll keep you on if you want to keep going. I find for most people though, by the time you're done school, you're ready to, to move on. Like you don't do. want to touch a paintbrush. Uh, yeah, that's exactly Ever it. Again. Like residential, because most of it's residential painting and residential painting is a grind. I mean, you're dealing with like uh, their biggest asset, their home, right? People are very picky. It's like warranty work and callbacks yeah. are just... Yeah, and like, and that's all dealt with like from from the college pro side. So you know, you'll be dealing sometimes with past franchisees' warranty work, and like that's that's rare, but it does happen. Uh, but they have to maintain a consistent brand, even though the people change every year or every couple years. And so the book of business, uh, like your past clients, that goes back to. Uh, college pro then like they they own that list or yes they have it all like through internal software okay yeah cool i'm sure i could dig it up somewhere but yeah dude what do you think of the model of it like um i think it's really i think it's really good but i think you have to be really careful like you can really get in over your head really fast and you don't always have the support you need to get you through that. Cause like, like I mentioned, you're, you know, you're learning everything for the first time, you know, 
and you're managing school and like you're, you know, you've never dealt with that kind of capacity before. That's what really crushed me in my second year was just the, the massive growth and not really knowing how to handle it. And you're like, you know, I was 21 at the time, like probably a lot of these. <laughs> um, in fact, not probably. There was a lot of these. Um, just stuff like that, you know. He's talking about beer if you're listening to the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, for those that aren't watching. <laughs> pointing at the books. Uh. Yeah, for those, wa- for the for those not only watching, version. it's, yeah, it's, it's beer. Um, I, I think that it, and the, it's a really well-proven system. People know the brand, so you can get really busy really fast. Um, and before you know it, you've just got so much on your plate, you don't know what to do with it. And I think that's where you run into quality issues or like, you know, mental challenges. Like you just, it's just too much sure. sometimes. You, so you're saying your business doubled from the first to second year? Yeah, or first to just about season? doubled. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that, that's partially due to just things clicking the second year, right? Like, you know, the system, you know what you're doing, you've got the knowledge, you can talk about house painting for days if you had to. So, um, do you want to? No, 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 no. And I still, <laughs> I still get a lot of, a lot of, I, I'm like the go-to painter. They're like, Hey, Nigel, you know how to paint. Come on. We'll have a few beers and yeah. come over and paint. And before you know it, you're putting in like 14 hour days. Right. And right. Yeah. For a few yeah, house painting's a grind. Yeah. Those that do it, kudos to them. I was ready to get out by the end of my, my second year. Sure. Yeah. And so you finished school and uh, you've, you've ended up. I actually up... had one year left before I, before I got out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you did so... three years before you finished school. So I, yeah, I painted my very first summer in university and then I owned a franchise for two after that. Yeah. And then my third, or I guess my fourth summer, me and my buddy had a little pressure washing company. Oh, cool. So yeah, we realized that there was a, I need, cause you pressure wash a house before you paint it. And so my good buddy had been, we lived together at the time. He'd been, uh, he'd been a college pro production manager, which is sort of like one step below a franchisee. So the bigger companies hire production managers to help manage production, um, so that they can focus more on sales. And so we both knew the system very well. And we knew that like, you gotta wash houses before you paint them. So me and my buddy just, drank a lot of beers and washed a lot of houses for college pro, which actually was really cool. We called it tsunami services. <laughs> yeah, we, and we had, I wish I, could, I wish I had like a photo of the, of the logo, but we got our friend to drop this like tuna with like a Hawaiian shirt on and like chest hair and a golden pressure washing gun. And we actually, we actually sent that out to like 500 houses, like in a mailer. Cause we were kind of looking for more work. And we looked and we're like, how did we not get any work off those? Like 500, somebody's got to need a house washed. And looking back on it, it was totally the logo. You pull this thing out, you're like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah. Well, I, I've seen now there's College Pro window washers mm-hmm. now as well. So did that exist when you started this or is that relatively new? No, it did. It's, I think it's been around almost as long as the painting. It's um they funnel people through it who maybe couldn't quite they don't think could quite handle or don't want the pressure of the painting side okay it's sort of the same model but a lot less sales um it you know much simpler like you you do cold calling like door-to-door knocking and you do the estimate on site um like you know you just look at the windows and say okay great this is so much and people book on the on the site but a lot smaller average job size and just a smaller business, more manageable for a lot of people. I would assume there's lots of different services that could be provided through that model. Yeah. Surprise, there isn't, are there more of those or what would, what would it be? Like, I mean, I assume the model's based off of, it's like a quick skill to learn. Yeah, exactly. To do, to that's do the key. A good enough quality where it's acceptable to sell, but yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the thing with painting is you like within a couple of weeks, you're a pretty good painter. Like you've kind of seen everything, you know how to tackle different mm-hmm. situations. You're comfortable on ladders, but, uh, yeah, I agree. There's probably a lot of other services that could be modeled, uh, that way. I don't know why they, I'm trying to think there's a few different painting ones. I don't know why that model stuck, but well, let's talk about money. Cause I'm actually curious, like, yeah, you know, compared to another job, you would have an opportunity at that time of your life to have, let's say, mm-hmm. was the potential to earn in those four months just so much higher? Yeah, much, much higher. Um, good, good profit margin in, in painting. Like if you can stick to it, you're, you know, you're probably looking at an after royalties, but you're probably making like 15, 18% like net on it. So like 
pretty good. Uh, but this is, brings me to another huge issue with college pros. They don't teach you how to spend that money or take care of it. And that's what most of us did is we just blew it. You know, we didn't know how to manage our money. Um, but yeah, the earning potential was quite a bit higher. But you also, I mean, you work 12 hours a day for a lot of the summer. So yeah. They're hoping uh, university is going to help you figure out the, the money management. I think maybe. so. Yeah, I think so. But I'm not sure that they did either. Yeah. So, yeah, I made a few mistakes. I learned some good lessons in that portion as well at money management. For sure. So who actually handled the cash? Like, did they? No, me. Like pay, okay, like, so the entire job was sent to you. Were you in charge of also paying the paint store for supplies? Oh, yeah, 100%. Got it. Had to do okay. payroll. That's where, yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. So I, I assume people could get into trouble, like, overspending all the money and then yeah. owe them th tens of thousands. Yeah, very much so. Most people make money. Um, the model, I think, is sort of designed to do, I, th I think you need to do about seventy-five to 80000 a year. That's maybe changed since I did it, but to, to break even. So there's some upfront costs with, with College Pro as well that need to be paid for. That's like the training sessions and stuff like that. Um, and then after that, but yeah, you've got to make sure that your paint account gets paid, your guys get paid. That's number one, of course, always. Um, and then you've also got to, I think they directly withdrew the royalties smart mm. on their part because they probably wouldn't have seen a lot of those. But even, even paying your taxes, like and making sure you keep up with your GST payments quarterly or, you know, that sort of stuff. It's, yeah. there's a lot going on. Yeah, you're learning a lot, hey? Tons. Filing, filing GST, PSC returns. And yep. You got all the problems of being an entrepreneur. Exactly. Except it's not your own thing. Yeah, except technically when you decide to leave, College Pro still owns it and they just pass it on to the next guy or girl. So, yeah. Oh. So now, um, now you're running a new business that's similar, similar in the sense that you still use paint. Correct. Now you're painting roads? Roads, parking lots primarily. Yeah, yeah. cool. So this guy, uh, the, this guy that started the company that you're that you are now franchise owner of, uh, like, do you know how big his operation was? Uh, like in the last couple years. Well, like you or... said that he used to do College Pro as well, right? Oh, you mean in College Pro? Yeah, he was one of the rock stars. Oh yeah. Yeah, which gave me a lot of confidence actually when it came time to buy into this franchise because I, you know, I had a lot of connections and I could kind of get a good sense of who he was. Um, but yeah, he was one of the rock stars doing like five, six, seven hundred thousand a summer. Well, you know, it's pretty cool. Like he's he's clearly found um, an area that like that was was obviously in need. Like it's it's clearly a service that that's needed. Um, and College Pro is that that's nationwide, right? Correct. Yeah. So, Actually, it's North America. It's all oh, wow. It's all the way through the States as well. So, you know, him, like, I would assume all the franchisee owners uh, for for this new company, um, they're all ex-college pro people or? All of them, but two. Okay. And one of them is, uh, he's an ex-employee of, of Calgary. So he knows the line painting side very well. Um, so he was sort of a natural fit. He had to learn the sales component and stuff like that. But he you know, in terms of operations, the guy's a rock star. So, um, and then uh, the newest guy actually in Winnipeg is really exciting. He's a firefighter. So full-time firefighter, and then he's also gonna own Everline. I'm really excited about him because he's, he's the true test. If he can pull it off, you don't need to be a college ex-college pro franchisee to make it work, mm -hmm. which I don't think you need to be, but uh, Simon in Winnipeg will be the, the true tell nice yeah so you were saying that like the, like there was a lot of like training documents and like processes that you had to follow that you that you were uh privy to once you became a franchisee at college pro mm -hmm. did you find the same experience like did you already have that stuff lined up for you like uh, when you when you started your new uh your new venture very similar he, he's moved more towards it in the last like two years when I got in it was pretty like I was the first uh, like real franchisee to buy in so they did a test site in Edmonton that went well uh, but it was funded by Calgary he now owns it and is doing phenomenally but um, so I was the first like real buy-in franchisee and it was pretty it's pretty rough rough start yeah but I mean he's, he's just constantly refining it so it's getting better and better every year and uh, and I think like we had a conversation a while ago. You were telling me that one of the benefits of being a part of this is now 
the guy that founded this company, he's going out and bidding on national projects uh, where there, there might be like site locations like all over Canada. Yeah. And he's using all of his franchisee uh, or all of his affiliates to finish and complete these jobs. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah, la uh, we've had for the last few years Home Depot. Uh, we do a lot of work with Walmart, Lowe's, Rona, but the last year we had 7-Eleven, which was 500 and some stores across, across Canada, which was a real learning experience for all of us. Um, and we weren't, uh, we didn't have anybody in Winnipeg, so I took care of Saskatchewan and Manitoba. It was, uh, it was a battle. Uh, we didn't get it back this year. We got underbid, as is the nature of the beast, but we learned a lot of, National contracts, they're, they, they sound really good. Like when you think about them, like, oh great, like, you know, just guaranteed work, but they're a lot of work. They're very demanding clients. They expect a lot. Sure, so is this a, like, is this gonna be a race to the bottom? Like with your pricing, like how do you, how do you guys ensure that you're not always, you know, securing great nationwide contracts and then being under bid the next year. Yeah, we're, we're working on that right now. We've got a couple things going for us. So we've, uh, and the number one is that a uh, little bit of background traffic paint wears really fast. So you typically repaint a lot every year. Um, you, you'll notice on our streets right now, like there's no lines, they're, they're totally gone. So what we've formulated is what we call durables and it's a, it's a two-part MMA product. So it actually lasts three to four times as long as traffic paint. And as far as we know, we're the only ones in North America that have a sprayable version of it. So it takes a special machine and a special paint, but um, that's one of our key differentiators because uh, you know, traffic paint, typically you'll put it down in the spring and by the fall on like roadways, it's almost gone. And by the time you run a plow across it all winter, by the spring, there's nothing left. So this so is like a Canadian or winterized nation mm. problem. Yeah, a little like, bit. Yeah, it's, I mean, it'll, it'll have application North America wide because there's quite a demand for something that lasts a little bit longer. Um, but that's one of our, that's one of our big sort of talking points right now that we're trying to trying to push and then also too we just have systems in place that make us a lot better than the typical line painter so um, you know even bringing technology and we use a lot of google to to simplify our operations or to have uh, ops reports every single night so that when i wake up in the morning i know exactly what my guys got done i can relay that to the client if they want just better communication um yeah. So, so is that like Google Apps for work that you're using? Or um, what do you mean? We'd like through, well, we use Google Forms primarily for okay. that. So, uh, so G Suite, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, basically it just, they fill it out. It's a good way to track their hours, paint usage, but it's also a really good way to, you know, if the client wants to know at 8 a.m. how much of their mall got done last night, I know, you know, at 6 a.m. when I wake up. So um, there's a few things like that. Uh, another big one, and this one's really simple, is just answering the phone. Um, you know, a lot of service-based companies don't answer the phone. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I'm also Sometimes. doing the thing that I, that I do. That's exactly, and that was gonna be my next point is that like we, the model's designed to hire painters to paint overnight so that I can be on the phone during the day, which is very rare in line painting. Uh, typically it'll be an owner operator, so they'll operate and run the machines all night and then, uh, and then they're sleeping, hopefully. Um, you know, till two or three in the afternoon and then maybe they get a couple things done and they're back on the machines at 9 p.m. So that's another big one that really separates us, surprisingly. So you're like, you're, you're more geared to scale. Like you're, you're for looking sure. to scale for yeah, sure. Yeah, big time. So yeah. cur currently what's the, like, the total size now of like people you actually have? Uh, so there's like personally or on a national this national National, scale. there's eight of us franchisees. And, so then, and then people on like, how many painters are there? Like, um, I'll have three this year, but they're you know it's all over the place. Calgary and Edmonton, those will be our two biggest. They've got uh, sixteen and twelve, I think, this year. And Vancouver will probably have like three or four. You know, lots of us are a little bit smaller than those guys. I mean, obviously, they've been at it for a little bit longer. So um, there's probably 50, 60, 70 painters across the country. Um, we're getting there. Yeah. And uh, what, like, what would you say your uh, like? Do you do you have a five year goal for for your franchise? Um, well, I thought initially when I bought it, I'd be five years and I'd build it and I'd be out. That was sort of the initial dream. I'm starting to realize that it's going to take a lot longer to build it to the level I'd be happy with. 
Um, and I kind of I kind of enjoy it. It's a good, really good business. I really like the guys that we're working with, like the franchise. The other franchisees are awesome. Um, you know, probably by year five, now that I've had a few years to kind of, I'd, I'd like to have a shop and an operation in Regina as well. We do a lot of work all over the province. So having, having a shop here and a shop in Regina would be really nice. Yeah, I think that's probably a, one of the main goals. So, well, this, this is my first time meeting Nigel in person tonight, so. That's right. So a lot of this is interesting new information for me. I've Dustin's mentioned a little bit about you to me, but yeah. So hopefully good things. Oh, the fact you're even willing to come here, you're, I mean, you're talking really well. I was like, stoked. Yeah. yeah I, I love podcasts. So uh, to, yeah, to me, I was just like, no way I can come on one. Yeah. We, Sign me up. We had, 100%. we had Nigel and his wife over for supper a little while ago. And we were, I, I was sort of bash bashful about telling you about what I was doing, what we were up to, but uh, you were, you were really enthusiastic about it. And uh, you were telling me that like, you've, you've thought about uh, doing something similar. And I, I thought it'd be a really cool thing for us to talk about because like, we're, you know, we're only a few, a few episodes into this and we're we're still stumbling and trying to figure it all out. This is number eight, but yeah, three of them are only three of them are online now. So yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. It's a work in progress. That's yeah. all. And like you, you do some videography stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, tell tell us a little bit about the hobby first off. Uh, so it just started. I don't know, a couple, probably five years ago. I just started taking photos. Actually, during college pro, I just needed something else to do to take my mind off off work all the time. So I picked up a camera. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And it's just sort of spiraled. I've bought copious amounts of camera. I'm sure you know it's a deep hole. It's the deepest. Deep, the, uh, yeah, it is the deepest hole. Everything's so expensive, but you always want more. You're like, ah, I could just use that one other lens or, you know, a better mic or something like that. So in the last, uh, I kind of, I, I took a lot of photos and I sort of got away from it. And I realized that I, I really enjoy it, but I needed something new. So that's when I sort of hopped on the video train and I've realized that that is a whole nother monster. Whew. A bigger monster for sure. Yeah. Feels yeah. like that's sort of the way that we're moving as far as like digital communication. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, static is sort of done. Like everybody can make video now. And, and uh, like you also do, like you do some drone stuff too, right? Yep. Yeah, I've had a drone for almost a year. That thing is a blast. Do you have, I'm sure you've I have got a, a crashed a- drone in my <laughs> closet there. You've probably crashed more drones than I've flown. Only but, one. Um, yeah, they're they're super fun and just the the aspect of like you know of flight adding it that to your video is just it's still in that phase where it's kind of like I think exciting people. I'm sure that'll wear down as there's more and more drones and companies make them more accessible to the masses. Um, but that perspective I just think is is so cool. Yeah, well done. It's very like good for storytelling. Like, yes, absolutely. It, and I think it's exotic. It's still exotic yeah that's a good way to describe it yeah people are still like you see a drone shot and you're just like that's a drone shot or at least that's what i do yeah yeah i'm i i love it i have a hard time with it sometimes like you know i used to live in willow grove and every now and like it only happened a couple times but i'd see drones flying around in my backyard or like you know over my neighbor's backyard Mm -hmm. yeah and i actually went outside once and like figured out who was flying and i was like yo turn that shit off like take that out of the neighborhood was it the noise or or was it the fact it was maybe they were watching you yeah it was i felt it felt like it was really intrusive and it it felt like like i'm sure there's no pros flying uh drones for fun in residential neighborhoods i'm sure it's a bunch of other yahoos like me or like you guys well maybe not so much you guys but like people that are just flying for fun and and just got a new toy yeah like that could be a little dangerous and yeah like it's loud it's just it's disruptive doesn't need to be there yeah yeah I, I don't He's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm a 50-50. I try to take it out of the city when I'm using it most of the time. I mean, obviously, like with regulations and stuff like that, too, you've got to be a little bit more careful, and I know that's changing. I had to follow first. the rules or keep it secret. Right. So the rules yes. getting a little lighter now? Uh, they, don't, they never enforce them. I was, I was legit with mine. Yeah. So mine actually, I crashed downtown on uh, those cranes. Oh, really? Like on the River Landing building? Yeah, on one of those. I crashed it on it. It hit the cable, actually, which 
No one got hurt. I just broke my drone. No one got hurt. Yeah. Nothing was broken. And I was yeah. like, this is best case scenario. I was insured, so it was okay. <laughs> but I was like, I was freaking out. And I bet. I went over to the job site. I, I can't remember what company. I think it was like LeadCore was doing it. Yeah, LeadCore is doing that. Yeah, that building. So I went. I filed their incident report. They did like their own investigation. I have to phone into Transport Canada if something like that happens. I just like went to my like certificate. So I was doing everything legit, thank God. Good call. But yeah. I reported it, and they're like, so uh, all we want to know is what are you going to do so it doesn't happen again? That's it. And, right? I, and I, um, I'm going to watch it better. No more cranes. <laughs> so, and then they're like, okay. And then within a week, I was good to fly. So That's, that's good to hear, because, yeah, I just never really know what the consequences like, would be. I mean, obviously, if it had fell, fallen on somebody, it would have been a lot worse, but... Yeah, it didn't. Were you working like for Ledcore at the time, or was it? No, it was, just... it was for the track. I got a contract with Graham to do all the bridges. Oh, nice! And it was literally like the last flyover I was ever going to do for them. That's when it'll happen, Murphy's <sighs> Law. I think we. I did it twenty times. I got really complacent, and I went just that little bit further. Yeah. To get a shot because they had it all landscaped, and I was going further than normal. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, um, I was just like, I didn't have my eyes on it. You're supposed to have your eyes on it, and I didn't at that moment, and then. All of a sudden, the video cuts off, and I see on my little GPS thing, the arrow's like spinning. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and then so I go, it didn't shut off right away. So I right. can still see where it was. I was yeah. like, okay. I kind of figured it out. I was like, I was sure it was on the job site. And so I just went in. They're like, oh, that was your drone. <laughs> oh, we found that drone. I was like, yeah. And then they were like, they even took the memory card out before they gave it to me. And really? To, yeah. I was like, whatever, go, go hard. But Interesting. Did you get that content back? Or the memory card? Yeah, I got everything back. Yeah. Oh, they, good. Yeah, they, they wanted to do their own investigation. I was like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see it, who cares? Do it. Yeah, do it. yeah, go for it. But just make sure you don't delete anything. And yeah, well, and the the iPads like cache like a file. I actually could ah, see more right. on there than the that last video. They couldn't get off and watch. Mm -hmm. Like I can't. I could. Right. But they well, they could have got it. You have to like fix it. Gotcha. Yeah. But um, anyway, I had the the drone version, but like, I wasn't looking, f I was looking at the bridge while I was flying it, so. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That is one of my worst nightmares, is just the like blip, and then you just can't see it, and you just know it's just falling out of the sky. Anytime I'm over water, that's the first thing that jumps into my mind. I'm like, I'm not getting this thing back if it goes down. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's gone. And they're not, like, they're not crazy expensive, but they're not cheap. Yeah. Like, it's, I just have like the little Mavic Air and so like, it's like, you know, it's 11, 1200 bucks, like a tough day. Have you seen uh, those little ones that apparently like you can wear something and then they just follow you and snowboarders will use them to get no, footage of them snowboarding? Really? Like it tracks you. Yeah. Well, there's like a lot of like 2019 Kickstarter videos that were, that's not even real. Uh, like okay. some, some, sometimes I don't know about that one, but yeah, well, I don't have much, much more content for you <laughs> other than what I just told you. <laughs> just I saw a great promo video for I, it. It looks sweet. I would say the one that you have is like probably the most practical and functional. Cause like, let's say you're snowboarding, you can snowboard really fast. So something small just would have a hard time keeping keep it up, up. Where yeah, like like the what one, would the speed of these things be this could go 60 yeah i think 60 oh, in sport mode i think 60 and it has a tracking feature it's a little hit or miss like whether it, it, it'll like lock onto you you'd show it like what you want it to lock onto and mm -hmm. then you could it follows you like i've done it with a car once just to try it out it it worked a snowboarder might be a little trickier and you're darting around this the hill and in and out of the, well, you wouldn't be going in and out of the it's trees. Other people though. That too, yeah. And the uh, the cables on the chairlift. I would... Oh yeah, cables. Cables. Gotta cables watch for the you. cables. We learned one lesson today, it's watch out for the cables. <laughs> or just watch the drone. <laughs> that too, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can't though, you're trying yeah. to watch what it's filming. Yeah. Like I need to see the drone's perspective. So tell, tell me, you kind of said you it's a hobby, f photography and video now. Mm -hmm. Have you turned it into more than just a hobby? Um, I've done a little bit of like a little bit of work, uh, mostly just for friends. Or I'm doing a, a small video series for Ideas Inc. On uh, I can never pronounce the street they're on, but that little sort of like incubator, mm -hmm. and we're just doing like a mentorship series for them. So like just small stuff. Everline really takes all my time. So, um, but I love it when I get a chance to actually do it because we. 
there's no not a lot of creativity in line painting believe it or not so getting to do something like photos or video i know it's shocking i know so you, shocked. you think those lines straight, you know they dash so straight yeah yellow you know, spray white. yellow white blue it's pretty much it it's uh pretty cut and dry so which is a beautiful part of it but at the same time yeah it's like nice a good to, day is like a huge handicap sign painted on the ground or you do you even do that oh yeah oh yeah if it's, it's on the, if it's on the asphalt we do it do you ever freehand those I'm just kidding. no I've seen <laughs> videos though of guys like doing it with a little roller I way out of my realm yeah we use that's stencils. art yeah that exactly yeah at that point it's art <laughs> what we're doing is just providing a service at, at that point it's art so maybe that is what I need to do start doing hand-rolled uh, handicap <laughs> stencils to work my creativity a little bit. Yeah, so it's more of uh, more of just a hobby and you know, I, I basically just do enough work to feed the more gear, basically. Yeah. It all just goes sort right back into more gear. Sort of make it justify itself. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, when you, you, know, you look at like a $3,000 lens, you're just like, no way. But yeah. if you're doing work that, you know, you put all that money aside and that's like your camera gear fund it's a nice way to it's a lot easier to buy that kind of equipment which in then turn maybe leads to a little more work or who knows sure, yeah sure it's kind of snowball good way to justify the expense exactly yeah Cost. i've spent way too much money on it for not really making a lot of money on it so you're not the first no and i won't be the last yeah it, it sucks the end <laughs> um so you're you're also looking at like you, you we were talking about like the this like what we're doing, what we're building here, what we're what what we're experimenting with, mm -hmm. and uh, you're you're thinking about trying to do the same thing or something similar. Yeah, I, podcast. I don't know if it'd be well. Actually, yeah, I guess so. Like, I'm just fascinated by uh, exciting people. I don't know that, and that could mean anything. Like, I, I I'm really fascinated by like entrepreneurs because I just love to get into their mind a little bit. I think the entrepreneurial mind is a uh, is something else so um, but you know even just like musicians or uh, just people doing cool things and I, what I love about the podcast like platform is like it'd be what I think is cool you know what I mean like it's not you know there's not somebody telling me you know you got to talk to this guy or that guy it's like no I think this is cool I'm gonna I'd love to chat to this person so that's sort of my thought having said that I've had mics on my desk for over a year now and I have just they're just collecting dust you know what? I think that's um, that's one of the the hardest things for me. And when when Matt and I decided to start doing this, uh, it was so imperative that um, that it was easy. You know, yes. having having mics on the desk is is easier. But like, you know, like we've we've had to discuss like a format and a process and. Mm -hmm. You know, Matt already has the space. Right. There's a you, you kind of have to remove barriers because you guys are both busy. Uh, I'm busy. We mm -hmm. all kind of get that it's super hard, especially when it's something that is uncomfortable. Like this isn't exactly a natural thing for right. anybody to be doing. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I think probably the the generation um, after us, Gen X, probably not. Or sorry. Gen Y, it wouldn't be such a big deal. Like it's more and more natural, but um, you know, I think anything that you can do to remove the barriers is probably probably key to get going. I think that's really good advice because that is what it is. Is I just I look at the idea of it and I I love the idea, but it's the getting it started, like getting that ball rolling, is what's really slowing me down. I'm like, oh, I don't have a space, or like I don't. I don't even like. I'm at a point where I don't even. I'm like, oh, I don't even have a table I can put these mics on. I don't have chairs. Like, I, what am I gonna do? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's well, our left for another month. Like our first one was just like, hey, we're going to do it. We set the time aside, and we got these mics after the third episode. And like the, so the first ones were like a shotgun. Audio is kind of shitty, and it's like, hey, we're gonna do it, and we put them online right away too. So it's like they're. They're on like kind of buried in the internet. We didn't promote it or anything. It's like, on but a, they're there. They're there. We didn't have a show name, and we're like, we'll just do it. Yeah. Then we did another one. Yeah. And then another one, and then we're like, okay, let's do this every Tuesday. Uh, and why don't we do two at the same time? Because then I only have to set up once for every two. Yeah, I think that's smart. And we tried doing three last week, and that was aggressive. That's probably a lot. Like, hey. Yeah, fried at the end yeah, of that. It's, I, yeah, that's, mentally, that last person's kind of getting the short end of the stick. You're just like, oh. I think we did. I think we did good. It's just like, 
maybe the desire to do it was, it's like I was ready to be dwindling. Yeah, it was yeah. like eleven ten when we finished up. Yeah, yeah, it's old. Finish, yeah, you finish work and then you come down and do this and do three hours of interview. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny. Like I think you know we're still we're still chasing a moving target too because I'll tell you. Um, a lot of the time, it turns out that once it's done, you start um, recounting like what just happened, or, or or like you know talking about like, oh that that went so well, and and sort of uh, unpacking what just happened. Mm-hmm. And a few minutes into that conversation, you're like, oh man, this was all gold. Like everything that we just said, like this is what the podcast should have been. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, it's silly. It's, and it's like when, when I have regular conversations with people, I'm like, oh, this is the gold content. This is, this is what would be so great to be recording and to, to be keeping. And I, I guess it's like, like I'm quickly realizing how difficult it is to actually capture that. Like once you're in a structured format. Yeah. Um, I, I think that just takes time. Yeah, I think I, so. I think, yeah, like as you progress, I think you'll probably forget that this and this is all here and I think even just like get ap- back to a conversation. Yeah, after the first 10 minutes, I think it's like that, that time for that you to fade away has been getting less and less, but... Get the rhythm. I feel like there's this other art too where it's like when you come in here, so like we, we haven't, we didn't meet till today. And right. I knew enough about you to have a conversation and pick your brain because I'm curious and yeah. it's like I gotta be careful not to engage yet like like so like the interview skill you mean like to not I don't want to ruin anything or start too soon maybe part of that's because like I feel like if we talk about it before we might not actually talk about it later, later. even though that might have been the best piece right. like I don't know yeah you know? It's, it's a craft for sure yeah yeah and doing it twice that's that's another part of that right like you can we can talk like before we started we started we started talking about like I, I just needed a little bit more background yeah but then I then I basically tell you to shut up because I, I, I don't want you to say too much because I'm like <laughs> yeah because it's gonna be boring for me the next time and I'm super selfish and this whole thing is about me anyways and so I don't want, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear it twice because I won't be able to fake that I'm interested the second time because I don't care anymore. Right. Could Ridiculous. You just, yeah, you made it, we, you, he made a joke last week because one of the, our two guests kind of crossed paths as they were coming and going and gotcha. they knew each other and then they yeah. were, but they were catching up and I was like, and Dustin's like, just stop it. And then I was like, you, uh, and I think at the end I was jokingly not joking. I was like, okay, we're going to kick you out of here because like, it was already happening, and then we got free food from Odd Couple, and like so. Then uh, they were eating, so they, we we could start yet anyway. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Guests can't yeah. overlap, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's scared so to lose a little bit of that, or you know, it just won't come up again. But well, especially like the people that we're having on here, like everybody is is conversational by nature. Right. It's the reason that we're doing it. Yep. So it's like, oh, what do you do? I'm going to do this. What do you do? Uh, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more, more about that. Mm-hmm. Shut up. No. So, no, so no, the, no. so the joke was like, we're kind of joking about it, but not joking. It was like, Dustin's like, can you just, that thing you said earlier, just, can, can you just say that now? Like, can, can you just say that now? <laughs> yeah. Just bring that back. <laughs> yeah, bring it back. Can we in. just, can you just, whatever you said there. With, with the same energy and flair that you had the first time. <laughs> You know, when it was original and new to everybody in the room. Just when you hadn't it. said it before. <laughs> Just say like it you like, did before. Say it like you mean it. Yeah. yeah. And I would say even um, like us not, uh, us not making these things like readily available to our loved ones who are the most judgiest of all of the people that would judge me, or at least they could hurt me more, you know? The people that know. It stings a little more when it comes to somebody. Yeah, for sure. I've already been invited into a group chat with a couple friends of mine who are looking for the rest of the episode so that they can critique and help me, you know what I mean? So like uh, everybody's whole, an expert. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I am an expert because well, I, I listen I, to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So I told him I was like, you know, your ammo can be back to these guys who are harassing you. Invite them on the show and see how quick they mm-hmm. decline. De- 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 yeah, exactly. Or maybe if they come, yeah, right? and then, then you give them a little critique. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. just can you say that again? But like, um, 
better and more confident, please? We're gonna have to cut about 90% Pronunciate. <laughs> what came across there. We have really great mics here, but even the mics can't catch that. A little louder, please, a little, little more. No, I think, yeah, it's like you said, like anything, um, it's, it's, a, it's a repetition and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, make it easy, um, make it sustainable. Like we're, we're trying to do that now with, with the process of, of what we're doing here, like figuring out how we divvy up the work and then who's going to like, well, who's going to do what, what can we automate or what can we sub out to other people and, and like how can we get help? And uh, and and what are what's worth what's worth the energy and what isn't so right you just ease that barrier to entry a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. take and some things off your plate yeah so I think too so you said you do it every Tuesday mm-hmm. yeah I think having a schedule very important did Don't you play that did you book in yourself or did you do it <laughs> no I did it I did it he myself. said like, yeah, yeah. I was very impressed you guys have a calendar system I was like damn so I what think, am I walking into I think that was another Shit, thing too. Yeah. Well, okay, because like with this, it's like we have like so many people we talk to. It's like, hey, you'd be great to have on. But, you know, then I got to like pull out a calendar, look who's on the list, ask, to even to ask Dustin or double check or whatever. It's like, no, we need like a set time. Like so next week we booked a pre-booked off just because it's Easter break for my kids. And right. Stuff, but, yes. But it's like it, that's already there. So it's like ground rules are like we'll be there. We'll show up. And then if you want someone on, like, you can literally just send the link to whoever. Dustin. Yeah, and that's what it was, is you just sent me the link. And I was literally, I was in Calgary for doing some training, actually. And I was sitting on a couch drinking a beer. And it was just like within two seconds, I was signed in. And I was like, yeah. guess where it go? And it loads yeah. it into cool. our calendars. Right. And uh, just like, I don't know. Technology. Just, yeah, and like, yeah, removing barriers, making the habit. And I think actually doing it together, I would have probably maybe stalled out already if it was just me. Like, cause I would, it's kind of like going to the, the gym. You want to have a, a workout partner that's going to drag you to the gym when you don't want to go and totally. vice versa. Yeah. 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 And, and also like, it's, it's really like, I don't know. I find that, it, you know, the, any, any dead air is, it feels toxic. I'm sure it isn't like, I'm sure it's no big deal, but like, it just feels that way. Like you're talking like if an idea kind of ends and we don't have the next question. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and so definitely, uh, like, uh, Matt's a crutch for me, you know, because I, it hops in. When right I'm moment. like, oh, I'm done, I'm done with thinking. I just need to breathe now for a couple minutes. Like, you know, Matt's, Matt's going to come up with something. Right. So, yeah, it's, but uh, man, this is a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm really glad that, that we're doing it and um, who knows like there's zero expectations that's I think also that's like key, a, I think yeah, yeah I think it's really important, important to just yeah. be like we're I'm doing this as much for like a personal exercise as I am for it being a great excuse and a great reason to actually just have these conversations yeah and that's the exact it. reason I want to I want to do it. It's just, I'm, I'm curious. I just want to, I would want to learn. seems like very similar. And yeah. And it's like a really cool way to get somebody to sit down and chat with you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, not to say that they wouldn't without a podcast, but I think with the podcast, it's a little bit more likely. And uh, then you've captured it too. You can re-listen to it. You can, you know, it's a, it's a cool platform. Are Are you a fan of Gary Vaynerchuk? Uh, eh. I was actually watching some of his stuff today. I don't know how. I just stumbled across him on Instagram as, as it happens on the gram. And uh, I like what he says. I think his message is very strong, but he's a, he's a maniac. Yeah. Dude's wild. Somebody, somebody said to me a while ago that they're, they're just like, Gary V is really good for people that are either just getting started mm-hmm. or are looking for that kick in the ass to get started. But it like it starts to lose like some of the value and some of the content isn't so relevant or important because it's likely already being implemented in in businesses or or in people that are a few years into it or a couple years yeah. into it. Yeah, I agree. I think so. as a as a like motivator, I don't know if there's anybody better. Really, like I mean, you could look at like a 10 second clip on Instagram, like I saw today. I was like, oh, I better get my shit together but you know what i mean like he i, I think that beard yeah, like, i'm not drinking anymore i gotta <laughs> focus i work 18 hours a day God, yeah awesome. um but <laughs> I, yeah i think as, a, as an early like startup motivator or something like that phenomenal like i think his message is solid and he just tells you to stop being lazy basically which we could all use a little bit of 
but after a while, it starts. I to agree. I, th- yeah, I think I what it is, it is is the same message all the time. All so the it time. only matters if you're in the rut. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah, and I and I think when you are in that rut, fantastic. He'll he'll pull you right out and send I mean, you towards the moon. And and apparently he's worth like 160 million. Like it's actually he's working. credible. Yeah. Like it's working for him. Yeah. And like I guess for me, like on the outside looking in, it's like what exactly about it is actually earning him the money like i know he's invested in different companies and things and apps and you know like is it a marketing company i don't know that's that's what i don't even know i haven't dug super well i I know he got his start like starting on like wine online retailer like for his dad's wine company or something like that and then just exploded into like gary v media or whatever with a youtube TV channel or show everything. Yeah, you can't go anywhere and not see that guy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure at the end of the day, like his agency or whatever his thing is, like it has to be tied to him, right? Like he's a personality. Yes, big time. Like he's the product. Yeah. So if if, like I don't want a strategy. If I'm hiring their agency, I don't want a strategy that doesn't include Gary V, either in front of the camera endorsing or like somehow (laughs) like. Somehow, like in the credits, as an investor or something, you know, yeah, what I mean? just like, somewhere sprinkled in. Yeah, because yeah, he he carries the weight for that. Yeah, operation for people sure. trust him. So, yeah. but cool. Well, I don't know what 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 else. What, what haven't we covered? What, what what do you like? We have a we have a huge audience. It's growing by the day. By the ones. And uh, what hey, what an awesome opportunity for you to have a, a great platform to tell us a little bit more about your company and like who it's for, and uh, anything else that maybe you like. If if there's anything else that you want to share or or tell us about. I don't have much else to say. I think we dug into it really well. Where, um, where could we find your photography and video? Uh, Almost Classy is my, uh, which I'm, I'm thinking about transitioning to Almost Classy Media as I change out. And that's I sort of want to do something with that with the podcast as well too. It's Almost Dot Classy though. There's some dinky band in California that's got Almost Classy. I'm coming God. for them. Mother Uckers. Exactly. I'm coming for them. Um, everlinecoatings.com that's the website for line painting but I don't think that'll you know that's a pretty niche niche deal unless you're a property manager I'm your guy otherwise eh, you know so so but yeah thanks for having me on I yeah. really appreciate it it's been a blast I can't believe we've powered through yeah, 50 minutes already yeah. well thank you so much man. yeah, like, yeah. It's great it's really chat. Great. best of luck with it as it continues cool yeah. one by ones yeah right on mm-hmm.